Welcome back to the Burning Phoenix podcast. Hope you're having a great morning. We are back up in our little mountain retreat in the Lake District. And uh, today we have two topics. The first one is the listener question, like the two listener questions we had and the response from Sean in Dallas, Texas. And the second topic is an, uh, an update on our journey through Paradiso when we're studying it now in Italian. And we're going to talk about the sphere of Mercury just briefly and just a couple of highlights. We're going to have another um, recording next week with uh, Robert Louis Abrahamson. And then we're going to talk through uh, both of our favorites and, and kind of the, the biggest uh, discoveries and also in the sense and the revelations that are coming through Beatrice in terms of the wisdom, knowledge, insights into, into the world. So first we're going to do the listener question. And then, uh, as we had then from the first episode, the first one is about your favorite discovery or learning moment that you had from reading medieval or classical literature. Is there a specific moment that changed your life or the trajectory of your life? And then the second is, what is the biggest conundrum or dilemma you're trying to solve in your life at the moment? Then we'll try to connect this to the timeless wisdom from the old traditions. And this is kind of an ongoing uh, open question. So if you have any thoughts or inputs, just uh, send us either an email at burningphoenix at substack.com. Just burningphoenix at substack.com. Or you can leave a comment on, on our website, which is then burningphoenix.substack.com. So then uh, over to what Sean replied there. So again, he's from Dallas in Texas. So he says, I think that my favorite discovery has been the discovering of the underworld, earth, and heaven pattern. Seeing how each has a place and interact together in ancient cosmology has helped me to find peace and meaning better than materialism alone could. And I would say that Matthew Pajot's account of Genesis in the language of creation opened the door, and so many stories, Dante among them, have been able to show the other side of that door. So this is really excellent. And just, first of all, uh, the book he is referencing uh, by Mathieu Pajot, I guess in French, uh, is called The Language of Creation. And that is a really great opener to, to see symbolism in general and to start digging into the deeper layers of the biblical stories and also then allegorical stories and mythology in general. And then to start apprehending the ideas of patterns, uh, which is also like, it's a great discovery in itself and it's a helpful language to talk about spiritual and symbolic wisdom. Just a few examples of this could be like the pattern of the myth of Icarus in the Greek mythology, like trying to fly too high with his wings, and like the consequences of going beyond your, your limitations, beyond your boundaries, the hubris, that's kind of one pattern. Uh, or Phaethon, who wants to fly the chariot of the sun across the sky. Or the pattern of first going down into darkness and the challenges or problems or damages, and then you're doing the repair work, kind of climbing part of it, and then you can discover new realms of positive energy and higher levels of happiness, as just one example. So this is then the underworld, earth, heaven pattern, just one, one example of it, and then also the one that's very clear in Dante's comedy. And then we also have... a. Uh, other examples, like the pattern of uh, Odysseus or the Odyssey as a metaphor for the journey of life itself, and kind of the ups and downs and the challenges and the, the highs and the, the discovery and the, and the joys of it. Uh, or the flood is another big example of a pattern of, for example, renewal or a psychological cleansing 
or also for bigger things like historical changes or bigger paradigm shifts in the culture or society, or just kind of the, the flow of the centuries or the millennia even. So all of those things are just examples of why thinking uh, at times through the, through the lens, or kind of the perspective of patterns could be very helpful. And then it's such a great point when he writes it about added peace and meaning. Because this might be one of the biggest shortcomings of a purely rational materialist outlook and a perception of the world. So if medieval and ancient texts can open up a bigger and richer apprehension of the world and one that is more meaningful, that is in itself a very big argument and an inspiration to reconnect to the tradition. And it implicitly points to at the same time then, what has been lost in the more recent cultural environment over the last few centuries in kind of modernism at, at large. And then on the side, like modernism is in many ways a reaction to the ancient and the medieval, but then this reaction has become kind of untethered or unmoored, and then now it's become this kind of self-contained thing that doesn't really remember what it reacted to, and it's become very insufficient to have a, a big picture or bigger broader overview of the world. And then uh, one more thing about the word peace. So it's an interesting word in itself that uh, you have this idea that there's a constant yearning and searching and pondering about life and the world. If the deeper and more spiritual aspects of your life or of your experience of life are not entertained or engaged with properly. This also ties to the old saying of St. Augustine, like your heart will not rest until it rests in thee, like in the, in the divine. Or as Dante is putting it in Paradiso, so he says here in Italian, uh, Io veggio ben che jamai non si sazia nostro intelletto, se il vero non lo illustra di fuori de qual nessuno vero si spazia. So this is then, our intellect will never be at rest without the illumination of divine wisdom, which gives us the truth that nothing outside of it can provide in the same fulfilling way. And then he adds, pusasi in esso, like it rests, your intellect rests in that. So those are just some, some thoughts and comments on the, on what Sean is describing as his, his opening here and kind of one of his uh, then uh, main kind of gifts from from reading ancient and medieval literature, uh, and then the interpretation of, interpretation of it. Uh, and then for the conundrum, so he says there, for the conundrum, I think that right now it's related to work. I've been doing well in it, so it's a bit a question of what is next? Balancing the practical daily life in corporate or financial America and the spiritual life will be very important. And he adds a bit to that, which is that He's then uh, trying to be or going to be careful not to get caught up in work and chase the dollars while also wanting to keep myself challenged. So ways to hopefully integrate it all and then also how to get ahead and build a future without selling your soul. So this is, uh, some of this is similar to what we had in the previous episode with uh, Tom in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, about kind of just keeping the overall focus balanced and not getting seducted or or pulled or drawn too much into the more kind of career side and then and then losing your more the, the bigger picture with the spiritual and the 
and kind of the, the, the deeper values of life. So you could say also that this is a, a kind of very primary type of challenge in the practical or the active life, as the medieval would call it, and the balance or blend with the more spiritual and contemplative life. So the ideas of, of mentally keeping both the overall telos and values as a conscious presence is part of this kind of the solution to it. And then practically, you might say that uh, you can do, have some habits like do a bit of meditation or prayer daily or a few times a week, and then like step back, taking stock, like the bigger view of things, for example, every three or four months, and then checking for your direction of life and the balances between the more important values and aspirations in life and how you practically spend your weeks and months in practice. So all of this was kind of partly or like uh, almost like a summary of what we talked about last episode with with Tom's input. And then it's perhaps easier uh, if you want to take like this bigger taking stock moments uh, and to remember all the advice and also warnings from the traditions uh, with, for example, the sirens in life or the inclinations for the vices and passions and also how they can be your enemies and create tremendous damage. So all this is one way of uh, of keeping the, the, a balanced bigger picture to remember these negative sides of it. But then also more than that, that these, let's say, inclinations or uh, impulses or, or temptations can also block our way to a happy and fulfilling and spiritually rich life with meaning and transcendent purpose that gives life also a direction and increasing levels of substance and fulfillment. I mean, this is, these are not just empty words. This is kind of really what could change in the way you experience being and life in itself, just how it feels being alive from day to day, or just like this continuous flow of experiencing being can dramatically change with more substance and richness and meaning. Uh, so an obvious example of this is just to remind oneself of what happens to the souls in Inferno, if you want to look at and the warnings and their chosen situation and by how they exercise their free will. And also, as a contrast, the joys and beauty and wisdom of the Paradiso. As the consequences of directing and aligning your values and your will with the transcendent truths and be oriented towards the good. Or in a simpler way, to be aware of the need for self-management, which applies to everyone, that in itself is a big step towards avoiding the pitfalls of, for example, getting too caught up in work and chasing the dollars. And this is a very important thing, like to, to think that you can just go by, by emotion or kind of hunch all the time is likely not a good strategy for your life. It has to be some self-awareness and some degree of actually managing your, your own self to maintain the balance and the overall orientation towards something good and then having a having a good trajectory and experience of and, and path in life. So in short, uh, to have some daily reminders and for example, quarterly updates about the cosmology of the biblical stories, Greek mythology or Dante's comedy can all provide a bigger frame, which then automatically will help, help you to have the right aim and balancing 
gradually towards a natural habit, and then it might become even like an automatic instinct over time. And also then once this is more integrated in Dante's terms related to the idea of higher blessedness, the pitfalls and these temptations will gradually lose their lure as well and virtue will, be, will become more an integrated part of the self. And this is more or less also Aristotle's definition of happiness, what he calls the eudaimonia, which is then a life that is well lived, participating and being in virtue. So, uh, final thoughts on Sean's input here. Uh, if you want to remember some episodes about the consequences of imbalances, you can think of Dante's severe self-berating in the Garden of Eden through the voice of Beatrice, that he wasted so much of his life disconnected from the spiritual. This seems to be Dante's biggest kind of self-accusation, is that he, he wasted a few decades of his life aiming for the wrong things and being lost then in this dark forest, metaphorically. Uh, and then he could have used his talents for more of his life and then be more productive. And then that's kind of his, again, his self-accusation. And, and the, the consequence of, of losing the overall view and the balance. You could also think of the warnings of the ne negligent rulers in the Valley of the Princes or the warnings of sloth. This is kind of an interesting thing. Like sloth being laziness, like spiritual laziness that you might lose out on the amount of spiritual wealth and blessing you could have. And, and this is then potentially there and available, if, available for you all the time right now. And the sooner the better to start building upon this aspect of your life. And then also another extra thought here is that uh, having some good friends is also very helpful that can help you keep the balance and who can tell you if you start losing track of what is really important in life or you start straying too much. And with all this being said, uh, there's also, there's usually a very broad middle where, where things, everything is okay. It's, it quickly could sound like this is like this very thin balance that you got to <laughs> you got to be in kind of this rope line thing and then balancing but it's, there's a broad middle where you will be okay and and you can have like both a, a rich and meaningful like spiritual life and also like the earthly life or the practical life the active life and then you can be a, like a well-rounded person that is <laughs> is aimed for the good and uh, and being like a constructive a positive person for your close ones, for your community, and also then enjoying life and, and spending your time on something that is meaningful. So uh, there's a broad middle, and then with the help of old stories and their spiritual wisdom, you can have then a great or fulfilling and virtuous life full of meaning and purpose. Okay, so all of this was then the first part with uh, Sean's question and his uh, reflection on what the tradition has meant for him. So the second topic is then we're working on the sphere of Mercury and we're shifting gears now slightly uh, and just going to look at one, one uh, little essay with reflections that we wrote from Canto 7. This is going to be a, a separate episode on the Dante's Paradiso podcast, but we just wanted to pick out one, one big highlight from that Canto and then also maybe one of the two big highlights from the sphere of Mercury. 
So in Canto 7, Beatrice starts explaining uh, what, what the, the redemption meant and also why it was necessary and why the exact way it, it, it played out or what it happened, why this was necessary. And the interesting thing is that in the sphere of the moon, one of the main kind of openings and requirements to understand Paradiso is that he gets sucked into the moon and the moon is a body, a fixed body, and then he's a body and they're in the same place. And this is kind of a paradox. But if you look at it from a spiritual perspective, it's about that you are, you are a person, an autonomous soul, but you're also a part of something much bigger, which is the whole, like the, the whole divine, eternal, spiritual realm at the same time. So sometimes it's helpful to think of a flock of birds. It's a very simple image, but like a bird is both a single bird, but it's also a part of the flock at the same time. So there's no contradiction to this. But the, one single bird can't say that I'm not a part of the flock. It is a part of it as long as it's flying with the flock. So then you have like both being an individual element and then a part of something bigger. So in the moon, this is about your own soul. But what Beatrice is doing here in Mercury is that she's using a bit of the same perspective on humanity as a whole. And that kind of the soul of humanity aggregated is one little part of like the eternal divine spirit. So humanity can't think that it is uh, delineated from the rest and not a part of it. And she's using this way uh, both to see the nature of humanity and kind of our uh, kind of the group soul, if you want to use a word like that, like that, and uh, to to see the nature of it from the outside, but also the influence it has, because the argument is then that when humanity strays away from the transcendent truths, or kind of falls into vice or into sin, in the sense of just starting to do unhelpful. Uh, destructive things instead of aiming and staying in the path of, of just the realities and the truth, then it has consequences beyond humanity. Like this is her theological argument that it kind of, it damages the spiritual realm beyond just ourselves. So this is a very different way of looking at it. And, and this leads into theological arguments of why, why kind of the sacrifice or the martyrdom was necessary as an element in the human collective consciousness to rebalance things and to put things on the, on the realigning humanity and the spirit, the soul of humanity back into the transcendent eternal truths. So it's just a, a perspective that is interesting, helpful to just entertain for a while and to try to engage with it, to, to step back and see things not just as we are more used to in the modernist kind of era or culture, to see yourself as a unit that is outside the rest, uh, but that we are a part of humanity, but also humanity is a part of something much bigger. So, um, and this can open up for like hours of interesting conversations as well. Uh, also, in terms of like just for a minute, and if you then step outside the solar system and you look at that. And you see this one little planet and you see a species that is growing and getting self-awareness. And then once it gets self-awareness, it also gets some kind of a moral um, consciousness or, uh, or 
let's say, an awareness, and then like how does this species navigate this in the beginning, in its infancy, having this kind of self-reflection and self-contemplation and awareness. So, because that, then you can see more like in the longer term that also humanity as a whole has to kind of align itself with what is actually true and and um, yeah it will gravitate back towards the transcendent truths like again and again and it will probably deviate but then it will get back to it so uh, we'll do more about this and sphere of mercury shortly as again we're going to have a recording next week and then we're going to publish that episode later next week most likely Okay, so that was about 20 minutes and um, hope some of this was interesting. And again, if you have some inputs for, for uh, your favorite learning moments from the tradition or any dilemmas, conundrums, just write to us at burningphoenix at substack.com. And with that, hope you're still having a great morning, a great day, and we'll be back soon with another episode. See you then. <laughs>